Hi, this is Curl Bro, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. And if you don't, I hope you leave enough room for my fists, because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your spine. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to sign up today. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Listener to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And of course, George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> In the mid-90s, the two powerhouse wrestling franchises, WWF and WCW, were in a heated battle for viewership. As wrestling popularity was skyrocketing, both used cutthroat tactics on and off screen to steal one another's audiences. In this backtrack, we'll be jumping off the top rope with an atomic elbow of knowledge all <laughs> about... <laughs> the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. Hey, oh. if you liked that early tease, you can thank George for all the information <laughs> and, and the top rope and atomic elbow joke. That was all him. So I'm not taking credit or blame for either of those. <laughs> I am perfectly willing to take both, sir. Okay. W- well done. Well done. Before we get into wrestling information that I cannot wait yes. to talk about, uh, it's time for the fourth listener email. Fourth listener this time around is uh, listener and supporter over on Patreon, Karen. Hey, Karen. Karen dropped us a line. Hey, Karen. The subject line for email was Batman 66. Okay. Clearly talking about the backtrack we just did all about the 1966 Adam West Burt Ward series. Uh, and this is what Karen had to say. I love these kind of emails, by the way. She's talking about a memory that we invoked mm-hmm. from our Batman 66. Love it. So here we go. She says, I'm listening to the episode right now. I'm on the Catwoman debate at the moment. Uh. I wanted to share my experience of watching the 1966 Batman TV series, which I watched in the late 80s, early 90s. All right. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. One of our friends from church had a pool and we would go over to their house to swim in their pool. One of the local TV stations was airing the Batman episodes as part of the general Batmania going on at the time. Uh-huh. While we took a break to eat from the pool, we would all watch Batman together. Nice. Three nice. or four families, all boomer parents, all with Gen X millennial kids, all watching together. So I associate <laughs> Batman 1966 with sitting on the floor of our friend's living room in my bathing suit, eating a hamburger or hot dog. <laughs> that's, that's a cool. great damn memory for a <laughs> Gen X. I know. That's an awesome Vivid, that's cool. I have the image in my head. There's like wood paneling on the walls. It's orange shag carpet. Big console TV. Probably. Although she says this is like the late 80s. So so they might have upgraded at that point. Depends on. Maybe projection TV at that point. So if it's a cookout by the pool, I picture the hamburger and hot dog is in a paper plate, but in Mm -hmm. one of those wicker paper plate holders. Oh, right. (laughs) It's got to be. Yeah. It's probably wrong, Karen, but that's what I'm envisioning. (laughs) You're giving me images. (laughs) Oh, I, I love hearing about how we do these for ourselves and for our audience, but when they invoke things we never thought of in people, their experiences with it, so cool. Oh, yeah. She goes on to wrap up saying that was a fun show and it brought back a ton of fun memories. I just want to stop and say hi and happy holidays. Thank you, guys. Oh, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Your forever fourth listener, Karen. Nice. nice. Karen. Nice. Cool. Thanks for sharing with us. We're glad yeah. you enjoyed that. Uh, hey, if you would like your email feature here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up like Karen did. Podcast at genxgrownup.com. Read every single one and most of them, like Karen's, eventually make the show. All right. Mo, I don't know if you're ready. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, if I'm uh, ready. Uh, George, 
George, are you ready to talk about some wrestling? (laughs) I think I'm ready. Yeah. I'm not going to do the Michael Buffer, are you ready thing, but yeah, I'm good to go. (laughs) That's the ready to rumble. I know that. I know that reference, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, is that what that? Look at that. See? I I didn't know that. I got it. All that is coming up right after this break. Stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Man, these new WWF figures are hot! They got real wrestling action! Me and our man shows everybody's got a price! Ah, the American Dream will put you to sleep! And Hacksaw's gonna cut you down! Ooh, he'll pay for that! I'll squash Hogan with my new Macho Master! Man, Hulkster's gonna put the squeeze on you! And now you're taking the ultimate punishment! All of you. New WWF figure so close to the real thing. Like being in the ring. We're going to get into talking all about these Monday Night Wrestling Wars that happened in the early 90s and I guess mid 90s and early 2000s. But before we get into that, clearly I don't even know when the hell it's happening. So we need an expert. George is the expert. He is going to be running the majority of this show. But before we get into what he all knows about this amazing time in wrestling history, I want to make sure that the listeners know, Mo, what you and I know. What's our experience and knowledge okay. with this wrestling? So let's start with you. What do you know about wrestling tv wrestling wrestling foundations all this thing what i know about wrestling is a very very thin book up there with great canadian chefs and some other things <laughs> <laughs> i knew like from the 80s i mean my ex she was really into wrestling in the 80s so i know like the big names roddy piper and hulk hogan and andre uh-huh. the giant and all those guys but after that I, I knew them as celebrities not as wrestlers how about that if that okay. makes sense okay yeah. uh my dad was a huge wrestling fan but this was of course in the 70s to early 80s and and so I went, I lived, of course, in Central Florida. I went to wrestling events in Central Florida. I got to shake hands with Gordon Soley one time, you know. <laughs> I got to see Dusty Rhodes fight in person live. That was cool. I was maybe 20 rows back in a big arena. But I didn't follow it regularly on TV. It was just a thing I did with my dad because he loved it. And he would throw a tantrum and he would yell at the screen and say what an <laughs> asshole this wrestler was. And, and we would go to the events. But I don't know the history and the knowledge and that kind of thing. George, though, you have a much broader knowledge and experience with wrestling though, right? Yeah, I mean, it started my first professional wrestling match. I was apparently six years old when my parents took me in Kentucky. Nice. <laughs> and I think the first time that I have any real memory of a wrestling match, I was three or four years old after we had moved here to Florida. And I vividly remember sitting in the first row right next to the ring. And it was at this old metal building wow. and it was in the woods. Essentially it was the road and this big metal building with no AC or anything. And these wrestlers come in, you could just smell the sweat coming <laughs> off of them. You know, it was that t- like you go into a, a old high school gym, you know, that kind of a thing. Oh yeah. And Ooh, vivid. there was a wrestler who was, uh, he was a hated guy at the time, dirty Dick Murdoch. And he was wrestling and great name. dusty Rhodes, John, you mentioned him. He was the uh-huh. face. 
at that point. And I guess there was some stuff going on in the ring that made a guy on the opposite side of the ring really mad. And the guy threw a pocket knife at the wrestlers in the ring, missed them all completely and came all the way across and hit me dead in the chest. But it was fortunately folded when it hit, like I hit the the folded part, not the blade. So you got a friendly fire attack with a closed pocket knife at a wrestling event. Yeah. And my, my father talked about that incident until the day he died. He was like one of his badges of memory, I guess, or whatever you would say. But okay. So I have two questions just right off the bat. Sure. So both your parents are into wrestling? Uh, My father more than my mother, but yes, both of them were. Being from Kentucky, you don't have a lot to grab onto and wrestling was a big thing (laughs) for people in Kentucky at the time. Okay. And second question, you said somebody was the face? Yeah. So there's faces and heels. Those are the two major archetypes of characters in wrestling. Okay. The faces are the good guys. Good guys, bad guys? Okay, yeah. And Uh, the heels are the the bad guys. It's, it's, you know, pretty self-explanatory, but there's even a um, a very popular TV show right now with Stephen Amell, the guy who used to play Arrow on CW, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's called Heels, and he and his family run a small wrestling promotion in southern Georgia. Ah, But we need to take a moment now to get into the history of this subject of the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. And Mm -hmm. the only way we can start it is by talking about the two major companies that were involved. The first one is WCW. So originally, John, you and I have talked in the past about this. There was a territory system throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. Individual promoters and companies had their own little regions. Like there was a guy who was in the Carolinas, North and South Carolina. They Mo, there's a guy who was out of New York that ended mm-hmm. up becoming WWWF. There okay. were people down here in Florida called Florida Championship Wrestling. Georgia had Georgia Championship Wrestling. There were people in Texas that had mm-hmm. a territory. Um, the northern Midwest area had the AWA. All of these organizations, these individual promotional organizations, were part of a larger group called the NWA. That stands for National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. And the reason why that's important think of it like football teams or baseball teams, right? You have the NFL is the parent organization, but each Mm -hmm. team like the Tennessee Titans or the San Francisco 49ers or whoever you follow, they are their own individual entity that subscribe to the rules of that larger organization. Ah, so they're under the umbrella, but they have their own, it's their own independent entity that operates inside of that structure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And part of the structure, one of the reasons why you needed that was because there simply wasn't enough revenue wrestling talent to fill local venues of all these places at the same time. Oh, so okay. the major players, the major guys like your Dusty Rhodes's or your Ric Flair's or whoever Woo! would travel from <laughs> one promotional place to another to make appearances, kind of like a rock band might go on tour, right? Okay. And especially whoever it was, the world heavyweight champion of the NWA, mm-hmm. he was recognized by all the promotions as the one world heavyweight oh, champion. Wow, that's that's unusual that they all could agree on that, but okay. They well it was <laughs> if you belong to that alliance, it's just like if you're a part of the NFL, you recognize this team won the Super Bowl last year. They're the current champs. Got it. Okay. So WCW was kind of born out of that Florida Georgia Championship Wrestling territory. I'm gonna explain that in just a minute how they came to be, but before I do, I need to get into the other player a little bit. 
And that is the WWF, which most people now today know as the WWE, World Wrestling <laughs> Entertainment. At the time, they were World Wrestling Federation before the World what was Wildlife it, the, Federation. World Wildlife right? Fund. <laughs> yeah, sued, right. No, the World Wildlife Fund sued yeah, them for yeah. the rights really? in the like, yeah. late 2000s, early 2000s, something like that, and took it's the like name You guys are them. fighting in your underwear and we're saving koala bears. Different exactly thing. You're right. using our initials. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. That organization was run by Vince McMahon Jr. His father started the territory way back in the NWA territorial days as a group called the WWWF, Worldwide Wrestling (laughs) Federation. Okay. So that organization grew into prominence under Vince McMahon Jr. He started going around and trying to sign all these wrestlers to exclusive contracts. They couldn't wrestle anywhere else. He was essentially breaking the rules of the NWA and trying to turn his territory into a national promotion and eventually international. And it all came to fruition on something that I would say really knowledgeable wrestling fans have given this term, but it's not in the general population, I would say. Uh, It's called Black Saturday. Black Saturday. You guys know often that anytime something goes wrong in a thing, (laughs) Black Friday, Mm -hmm. Black Monday, Black Tuesday, there's a black of Mm -hmm. every day of the week, I'm sure. The Black Dahlia. Sure. (laughs) Right. <laughs> now, what it refers to in wrestling is there was a day, Saturday, July 14th, 1984, when Vince McMahon went to a young television studio executive named Ted Turner. Uh-oh. And he oh. said, hey, you have Georgia Championship Wrestling on your WTBS Superstation. It's not doing the numbers that I can do for you. Let me mm-hmm. buy that time slot as long as you agree not to air that show and air my show instead. Okay. And Ted Turner, being a fan of wrestling, but not really being an insider of wrestling, said, uh-huh. sure, why not? I need to make some money. This is, you know, I don't want my Superstation mm-hmm. to fail because remember, back then, WTBS, TNT, these national broadcast channels weren't Uh a thing, right? WTBS was one Uh of the first. Everything else was your local affiliate of CBS, NBC, or ABC, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's where the Monday Night Wars of the mid-90s really begin is in 1984. And the reason why is because when Vince McMahon bought the rights to that time slot and kicked out Georgia Championship Wrestling, which was, John, your your favorite wrestlers of Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and all those guys, your Gordon Soley. Right. Right. Uh, So when he bought that time slot, he really kind of screwed it up. His product did not do well on WTBS at all. A lot of people think it was because, you know, the northern version of wrestling versus the southern version of wrestling, as John said earlier. (laughs) Wrestling. That's right. They're two different products. They have a different style of presentation at the time. Sure. They have different wrestlers. Nobody knows at the time who the northern wrestlers are if you're from the south and vice versa. Rick Flair's the man in the South. Hulk Hogan is the man of the North. And, okay. you know, so at the time, hmm. those two worlds didn't collide. They didn't play well. So Ted Turner got really pissed and said, I hate this product. It sucks. It's not drawing ratings. I'm getting rid of it. And I'm going to form my own wrestling company called WCW. Oh. Mm. So so it is a whole wrestling group founded out of being disgruntled with the other wrestling group. <laughs> Essentially, it is. Now, uh-huh. at the time, Remember, he had a contract where he couldn't put Georgia Championship Wrestling on the air. That was in the so contract. He had to make a new thing. That's not in the contract. <laughs> right. So he grabs a promotion out of the Carolinas called Jim Crockett Promotions. 
Those guys did uh, North and South Carolina, and he got them to help create the WCW show. Mm, and that's okay. what began airing after the Black Saturday incident was WCW. And that's where we start the Monday Night Wrestling Wars is the animosity between Vince McMahon Jr. and Ted Turner. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of the key figures and how they played into Ooh. the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. Boy, this is already coming like a soap opera. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Danger. Nobody has been a solidarity with an mission of domination. I've been screwed. No, I've been screwed in the World Wrestling Federation. Desperation. It's a fight for your life. It's the greatest pay-per-view event of the year, and no one's happy about it. You treat me like a dog, and you expect me to smile. Ahmed Johnson joins forces with the Legion of Doom to wage war against an entire nation in a brutal Chicago street fight. Prepare to be it's time to talk about the players involved in the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. And John and Mo, I apologize. I know I'm going to be talking an awful lot. <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> I'm learning cool. a lot. We, actually, I'm really we, don't, we don't know anything, so it might as well be you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll try to leave openings as best I can. But no, I'm finding this interesting, actually. You so. could give us a script and we could just say stuff, but we don't know what we're talking right. about. <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could parrot back whatever you want. Yeah. So let's start off with Vince McMahon. I mentioned him before the break in the last yep. segment. You yeah. guys probably know Vince McMahon. He's in pop culture everywhere. We know him from the XFL. We know him from the oh, steroid right. scandals of wrestling. We know him from his character in wrestling now, Mr. McMahon, the evil corporate CEO. That actually <laughs> He's a showman, though. This time period. He is a hell He's of a big deal and a showman yeah his father vince mcmahon senior had the wwf and was part of the nwa vince mcmahon jr is the one who turned that group into the mega wrestling corporation that it is today if you mm. don't have vince mcmahon jr you don't have the monday night wrestling wars you don't have the wwe you don't have this global phenomenon that has three or four shows on every week on internet and on tv everywhere now some people will say they wish they didn't have all of that because <laughs> they feel like the wwe is a now inferior product because it doesn't have that much competition. Competition hmm. is what the Monday Night Wars was all about. And many people, including myself, say that was the best time for professional wrestling. Hmm. You had creative storylines. You had awesome characters. You had people willing to push the envelope and try new things. Now it's just WWE and a couple of other smaller organizations out there. And people aren't really pushing the envelope that much as they were during the mid-90s. I know it was an exciting time. I remember, you know, George, you and I, we lived just across the town from each other and we would get together to watch Star Trek. But at the same time, you'd be talking about, I got to get home to see another wrestling show. It's a two yeah. hours 
tonight and four hours on Wednesday. And it, was, <laughs> it was tons of it. And you were super excited about it. And I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how everybody was because this kind of drama had to yield all kinds of cool stuff to watch both on and off screen. Absolutely, it did. And yeah. the off screen stuff was really coming into fruition during this point, but it kind of started a new term among wrestling fans called the smart. So smirk. in wrestling, fans are known as marks. And marks okay. are people that you're trying to entertain and kind of get over a little bit. Because as we all know, wrestling is a staged, pre-planned <gasps> outcome sporting event, right? <laughs> it's the first most hearing of it. <laughs> oh my God. Brain blown. <laughs> if you say wrestling is fake to a true wrestling fan or a wrestler, you'll yeah. probably get smacked or yelled at because a, yeah. the physical stuff in wrestling is very, very real and very mm -hmm. tough. Now it is, like I said, pre-planned and staged and choreographed mm -hmm. to keep the people safe because you yeah. can't put a pile driver on somebody six days a week in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day I think it'll be a problem. They're not going to get up from the first one, let alone the other five. Yeah. I think people say fake. What they mean is scripted and not mm -hmm. dynamic, but it is a real athletic yeah. endeavor with talented athletes doing it. So I know always known that to be true. Yeah. I have firmly believed for a long time that professional wrestlers are some of the best athletes on the planet. I know that I have met several professional wrestlers throughout my life and have had time to sit and talk with them over dinners and meals and stuff. And I'm telling you, these men and women are intelligent, but super physical specimens. You just can't get around it. That's Vince McMahon. Another guy who's maybe not as much of a physical specimen, but one hell of an intelligent person is Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff is kind of the person who really started the whole smart revolution. I talked a little bit earlier about marks. Those are people that are fans that the wrestling promotion is trying to get on. But in mm -hmm. the 90s, with the advent of the internet and fans being able to share behind the scenes information, they started using a new term called smart mark, which they shortened to smart. Oh, okay. So oh. these are guys who would get backstage information from like maybe an assistant TA guy or something who would yeah. say, okay, in the next weeks, they're going to be promoting this guy as the champion. And they would put it out on the internet and everybody would start oh. reading it. And oh. things started getting spoiled. Kayfabe started going away. Kayfabe is essentially <laughs> the curtain. So it's like everything in front of the curtain has to be real for the audience. You mm -hmm. don't break Kayfabe. You don't break character with the audience. Everything okay. behind the curtain is all the guys are friends and they know each other and they're using their real names, that kind of stuff. Eric Bischoff is really the catalyst that drives this Monday Night War forward because he said to hell with kayfabe, I'm going to outspend WWF, who was the largest group going at the time, and I am going to make my product more must-see TV than any other product out there. Eric Bischoff started off as a damn finance guy and an announcer. He was never a promoter <laughs> until 10 Ted Turner said, screw Vince McMahon. I'm going to create my own company. I'm going to wow. put this guy in charge. He's vice president of wrestling operations, Eric Bischoff, and he can do whatever he wants. So Eric Bischoff started asking, okay, I'd like a Monday night show that could compete at the same time slot as WWF show Monday Night Raw. Sure. He didn't think Ted Turner would go for it. Ted Turner 
Turner said, sure, no problem. Here's a okay. slot on TNT. Nice. Those kinds of decisions and that relationship is what allowed the Monday Night War to happen. If you don't have Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, and Ted Turner involved, you don't get the Monday Night War because people are playing it too safe. That's why the Carolina territory of Jim Crockett Promotions wasn't doing nearly as well as what they were doing with WCW. It's why the hmm. Texas-based organization was starting to fall on its face because its main family, the Von Erichs, who ran that organization, they were kind of falling by the wayside because they couldn't do the stuff that Ted Turner was allowing Eric Bischoff to do. AWA and Vern and Greg Gagne up in the Minnesota area, they couldn't put on the TV show that Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff had because they didn't own the TV station. Ted Turner owned the TV station. He yeah, do whatever it's a he easy. <laughs> right? And that was because, so Ted Turner was willing to invest the money in it because he was so disenfranchised with what he had seen with WWF. When he brought in Eric Bischoff, he's like, I'm going to bankroll you. Yeah, go ahead. I mm-hmm. want you to do something that was better than what I had here. Right. Clearly, he didn't like what WWF was doing, so he wanted to fund something that he saw as superior, right? Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. He Got it. His ego wanted to make him better than Vince McMahon at something Vince McMahon lived his whole life. We can do this better than Vince McMahon did. Yeah. Yeah, got it. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com. I am the man! Man against man. Power, strength. It's art, painted with rage. And it's 100% live. Watch WCW Monday Nitro every Monday night at 8, exclusively on TNT. Some of the wrestlers that we're going to talk about next all belonged to one organization or another, either the WWF or the WCW. But more importantly, they belonged to inner groups within those organizations. Hmm. So the big one that everybody remembers from the Monday Night Wars is the NWO, the New World Order. You guys might remember the T-shirts. They were the black T-shirts with the white or red letters. That was the driving force for WCW. You had that kid in school that either wore his Punisher shirt or his NWO shirt. He had two yes. shirts. Because <laughs> they were the <laughs> bad <laughs> boys of wrestling. They were, they yeah, were breaking yeah. all the rules to hell with kayfabe, to hell with the wrestlers and the storylines. They were going to do whatever they want. They even went so far at one point to have an NWO only pay-per-view in an empty arena that they sold as being it's not sanctioned by the WCW. We're doing our own thing. And people <laughs> came by the millions to buy this pay-per-view. It wow. was ridiculous. 
but that's how popular they were. It, it was actually sanctioned, right? It was actually a it thing inside the, the WCW. All right. of this was part <laughs> of the storyline. But they used the internet to make people believe that this stuff yeah. wasn't planned, that these people mm. were doing this thing of their own accord. We're going to talk in a little bit about some of the individuals and some of the things they did on screen and in person at the arenas really had people wondering if this was real or if this was planned. Mm. It was it was a hard thing to figure out, even with the internet, which is amazing <laughs> when you think about that. Hmm. Yeah, right. Another organization, this one belonging more toward the WWF, is called Degeneration X. Never heard of that you one. You guys might have heard that one. They mm-hmm. were the ones who did the crotch chop with the X symbol that became popular. They're the ones who invented yes, that. Yes, I guess the this thing, right? Yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that came out of Degeneration X, but it I've did. seen that. They had the, the heavy metal jump. music as their theme song. <laughs> Degeneration. Also, I never knew it had a name. The Crotch Chop. Sorry, that was brand new to me. <laughs> yep. So they were a group of very prominent wrestlers in the WWF. The other group in the NWO, in the WCW, and Degeneration, the WWF, they were the two on-screen representations of those companies fighting against each other, so to speak, mm. for the ratings. Okay. Huh. There's an interior group, though, that has wrestlers that made up both of those two organizations, both the Degeneration X and NWO, was called the Click. Okay. Hmm. And it's spelled K-L-I-Q. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why not? So this group is made up of mainly of four individuals. You have Kevin Nash, who was also known as Diesel in the WWF. You okay. have Scott Hall, who was also known as Razor Ramon in the WWF. You have Paul Levesque, who was also known as Triple H in the okay. WWF. And Michael Hickenbacham. I love his real name. I wish he did just use that. But his stage name is Shawn Michaels, the heartbreaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. So those four guys were just essentially four friends that were in the WWF together coming out of the rock and wrestling era of Hulk Hogan and Cindy Lauper and Roddy Piper oh, right. that Remember Mo that. mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The cartoons yeah. on Saturday morning, all yes, that stuff. Of course. These guys, they were kind of pushed down for a few years by the Hulk Hogan groups and all that stuff that Vince McMahon was doing with the big, the big muscle power-up guys, you know, and all mm-hmm. that stuff coming out of cartoon rock and wrestling. But they formed a bond. And as one would gain more influence in the company, the others would start to get more benefits, right? With the booking community, the the uh, creative team of the WWF. And they got so big that one of the four of these guys was had a title on his waist at all times. They were either the WWF world champion, they were the intercontinental champion, maybe the tag team champion, something of their back. But on screen to wrestling fans, they were enemies and friends and all different stuff. Shawn Michaels for a long time was a face, whereas mm-hmm. Diesel and Razor Ramon were ultimate heels. Triple H kind of went back and forth. He started as a heel, then he became a face and went back and forth. Oh, so so I, I just caught a glimpse of something. So this click you mentioned was not even part of the on-screen. It was just in like the internal workings of what was going on it inside of it. It was a behind-the-scene group. Oh. Yeah. Whereas NWO and Degeneration X you knew about, that was they publicly were aware. on the camera. They, they were front-facing, right? right? And this click was just happened to be, these were the power players. These were they the, became, the yeah, plus this, stars. The that, click became huh. the power group of 
both organizations. And I'm going to explain that a little bit later when we get down into the actual war okay. segment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, these four guys really formed the basis, the bedrock of what became the Monday Night Wars. Now, of course, mm. they brought in another guy who's kind of popular. You guys might have heard him. His name is Terry Bollea. No, nope. not ringing a bell. Stage name is Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. I, I know that, Terry. <laughs> that, All right. Yeah, that <laughs> name you might I didn't know. know that was his real name. I see why he changed it, but yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he became Hulk Hogan. We know him, you know, one of his first big outside of wrestling appearances was in Rocky Three. He was the wrestler that Rocky fought mm-hmm. in the yeah. early part yep. of that movie. He did TV shows, uh, you know, like a Baywatch thing where he had a speedboat and he did movies where it was based yeah. around wrestling and stuff. Hulkamania was its own fad across all of pop culture. It was huge. Whether you were a wrestling fan or not, you could not miss Hulk Hogan. Right. Yeah. You know, do your chores, say your prayers and eat your vitamins, you know, whatever is, <laughs> you know, three catchphrases for yeah. good people were. Terry Bollea figures prominently into the Monday Night Wars because up until that point, he was widely known as a face. He mm-hmm. started off as a heel. Nobody really got mm. behind his heel character. And then he became a face. And that's when he became Hulk Hogan. Later mm-hmm. on in the NWO, in WCW, he becomes Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And that mm-hmm. character really flipped the wrestling world on its ear. It was crazy how much people loved that man and in an instant hated him. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Outside of those individuals, there's one other one who had no wrestling experience whatsoever. This is a man who came up as a football player, played college football at the University of Georgia, played professional football with the Atlanta Falcons. He just happened to be a friend of one of the wrestlers. So he got brought in to WCW and he became a living legend in the span of a year and a half. So this guy was basically a rookie. All these other guys had been in the business 10 plus years before all of this stuff started happening. Bill Goldberg... Oh, Goldberg. Came yeah. out of nowhere and took over the ratings for all wrestling. Oh, man. So during that time when you were watching wrestling, this is someone I remember as being, I would watch and see this guy fight, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't re- watching the other stuff. And I remember he's coming out and the audience is chanting, Goldberg. Yes. Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. I remember that. He was built like a truck and mm-hmm. he had charisma to burn. He was a beast. Yeah, he he was. He would come out with a fireworks sparkle shower that he would yeah. stand under and it would hit his skin and burn and everything. He had this pill that he would like a, like a CO2 pill or something that he would chomp on his mouth and blow smoke out of his nose as he was, you know, rah, you know, hulking up, so to speak. Is, and hulking up, by the way, comes from Hulk Hogan. That's his one of his moves. He gets beat he down for up, right? 20 minutes in the match. Then he rips his shirt and he stands yeah. up and he starts shaking. That's hulking up. Bill Gerberg would do that at the beginning of his matches. He would just decimate other wrestlers. Like mm-hmm. yep. most of his matches were like Mike Tyson fights, 40 seconds or less. And that's kind of what they built his character on. He was a very stiff style wrestler, meaning all of his moves looked really painful. They weren't poetic or flowing or like a ballet. Or anything. Not right. He was, no, he, a, was just he was head of a machine. Yep. And they promoted the hell out of him. And he was a huge phenomenon during the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. And I think with that, I've come covered all the key figures I have time to because <laughs> this can't be There's a six so hour more. podcast. <laughs> I think it's better at this point to just go ahead and stop the podcast right here, guys, because in all <laughs> please, honesty, please. I've There's got so much like, more to learn. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got it's too much for my brain. I, I could have done another two hours on people. So, <laughs> right. And we haven't yeah. even started the war yet, which is our next segment. And I really want to make sure that we have plenty of time for our listeners because it was requested by our listeners to mm-hmm. do this podcast. Yeah. And so I want to give it all the pomp and circumstance that it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> so That's why don't we just go ahead, John, and end this one here. And then we can give them another podcast like after this, like a part two as a special bonus maybe or yeah. something? Ooh. Yeah, I think that'll work great. Yeah. Unprecedented. Wow. Wrestling <laughs> world is shattering the, the norms of the podcast. No, I that's tried great. to warn you guys yeah. if you get me talking about wrestling. <laughs> no, it's all good stuff, man, but I'd tell you the truth, I could use the break, so this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is really interesting. It's just, it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Well, that's a great idea. I think, for the listener, if you are enjoying this pod, rather than drag this one on and have it go for two hours or something, what we'll do is, bonus episode part two of the Monday Night Wrestling Wars is coming your way in the feed tomorrow. So stick around for that. If you're enjoying it so far like I am, you're not going to want to miss part two. So join us for that. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so far and so much for everything you've done and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, sure thing, man. And fourth listener, you know it's you. We all appreciate it. Most of all, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. And Mo, I wrote this awesome intro, but George had to tell me all the facts so I could make an intro. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears throat> I'm just pretending. Give me, start that over. I gotta sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> Here it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, oh. oh, you can't bottle them up like that. You're going to explode. I know. I, I, I've always done that. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.